listening to the Go and Tell Gals podcast, and I'm your host, Jess Conlon. In most of our episodes, we'll have a guest, a woman who is running on mission right where she's at. We pray this podcast leaves you encouraged and spurred on to go and tell the good news. Hey friends, today's episode is an interview with Jamie Nato. Jamie is a longtime blog friend of mine, and in this episode, we talk a little bit about how we've both changed over the years. We talk a lot about how God has softened us and grown us. We talk about business. We talk about burnout. We talk about community. You will be blessed, and also, you should note that Jamie is one of the funniest people I've ever met. So buckle up and enjoy this episode. God is mighty and Jamie Nato. Here's the thing. <laughs> I've got Jamie Nato on, and I'd like to say up front, I believe that I think she may be the funniest person on the internet. <laughs> I also think I'm the funniest person on the internet. <laughs> this is so awkward for us. <laughs> but, but you are very funny, and you are also a woman of mission and intention and purpose. And so I'm super grateful that you just are taking time to share with us what's going on over there, what's going on in your head and your heart. So thank you. Yes, I love it. I'm excited, and I'm excited what you're doing. And anytime I see women on a mission, you know, it's just for God, I it's so attractive to me. Mm-hmm. And so I love what you're doing. I love it. Okay. I want to start with like, we know each other. Yesterday I was in my office. I was talking, I said I was doing an episode with you today and a few gals in my office were like, Oh, you know, Jamie Nato. And I was like, yeah, I know Jamie. <laughs> I wish they would tell my kids like, she's cool. Cause my kids are like, so annoyed. They're like, we see you every day. We think you're not funny. <laughs> and I just need people <laughs> telling my kids like she's funny guys yeah same but they don't think that at all now here's something you know we can bond over though I think I'm very funny and I think a lot of people (laughs) don't think I'm they don't know that I'm funny when people they don't appreciate it yeah what's the one thing you wish people really knew about your life like I'm like that I'm really funny I I laugh a lot Uh, but maybe I just laugh at myself. But we actually know each other. We met like six years ago, five years, so, six years ago. Yes. Yeah. It's crazy, like, the way we used to do things. I think we ran in a small circle, what feels like a smallish circle, when we were all kind of blogging and doing some of that stuff and just in that circuit. So it's fun to see what everybody's doing now because we all kind of just started out testing out our voices and seeing what's working for us and, you know, how to move forward. And now it's just fun to see what everybody is doing and how their mission is like. It's changing, but not, you know, we have different avenues of doing it, but it's, I I don't know. Everyone's kind of the same, you know, you're, you're the same person that people who you are online, you know, I feel like you do a good job of representing that. Mm, Same. Okay. Well, let's start here. Let's go back. We met six years ago. We were mommy bloggers. I mean, that's the best way to say it. I don't find that that offensive. We, we (laughs) were mommy bloggers. I was a mom and I was blogging. Yeah. We talked about, we talked about our family, but we both talked a good bit about God. We met through that. How would you say you've changed predominantly over this last five to six years of oh, man. stepping into what God has for you? Because I want to tell you some things that I notice about you that have like, that are just beautiful. 
Okay. I was going to say, tell me the bad things offline. Um, (laughs) I, gosh, I've changed a lot as a person. I think maturing in your faith should produce change. You know, it's hard to stay the same when you are pursuing a relationship with Christ every day and it looks different in every season. So I think I've changed. I used to, you know, take some stances on some really stupid stuff and I'm gentler now. I think love has changed me and some life experiences have changed me too. So I would say I'm, I'm a little bit more gentle. Like everything's not so black and white as in my youth. I don't know all the answers. Surprise. Every day I wake (laughs) up and I'm like, what? That is not what I thought it would be like. And I'm going to need the answers in the back of the book. But I think I love a little bit more deeply. And I think it gives me a lot more grace for people who are different than me. I seek out people who are different than me now, whereas I, I didn't even think about that in my younger years. So lots of changes, my gifts. I feel like I am leaning more into my gifts instead of fighting them, knowing that God made me a certain way with different leanings, different giftings, and that instead of wishing I were something else or like someone else, I now receive the gift and kind of lean into it. And that has like really produced some crazy stuff in my heart really like abundance of love in my heart. And then like in my business, leaning into my gifts skyrocketed my business. And it's like quirky stuff. I'm kind of a weirdo. So my niche is a strange mixture of like a mom dancing on the internet. (laughs) It sounds bad, but it's, it's clean guys. You know, I like just weird stuff. I like dancing. I like humor. I like shopping at Target. And I feel like God saying, okay, I'm going to use all these weird things to pursue my purpose in you. So that has been really fascinating to watch because I think the message that I had been telling myself for a long time was that's kind of weird and that's not good enough. And you know, you aren't really a business lady Hmm. and you'll never make it in this environment. And you're kind of a black sheep you don't really do things like everyone else. And I just believe that. Mm. And I think it really hindered me for a long time. Yeah. Here's some things I want to capture. You're such a leader. We met at a, at a conference and I remember noticing the way like the room changed when you were in it and the way people gravitated towards you and did what you did and watched what you did you are such a natural born leader and you're still leading in really beautiful ways. It's interesting that you even use the phrase like maturing in your faith, because what I was going to tell you when I think about you, and I'm only thinking about this fresh because somebody mentioned yesterday, like, Oh, you guys know each other. And I was like, Oh yeah, but you seem so light. You seem so much lighter. Yeah, I agree. I went through a really intense season and I think it makes you very intense. I think you match kind of your season. If you're in a season of suffering, if you're in a season of healing, you know, I think you kind of match those things. So yeah, for a long time, I was just real super intense and it wasn't bad. It served me, I think for that season. And I think now it's, it's definitely a lighter season. And there, yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with heavier seasons. What I just think is so interesting is that I think often Christian women believe this lie that to be mature, we must be like heavier and deeper. And I believe that like, even the deeper we get with the Lord, the lighter we might often seem. 
you know? I, yes, I was just, I wrote that down today. My yoke is easy. It does seem to be that the more I lean into that God is in control, that he has a plan and a purpose for me. And I really believe that. I mean, you know, you could do lip service to that all day. And I, I did, I have. But when you really believe that in your soul, you know, deep calls to deep. I think you'll see it and you'll know it when you see someone living in obedience. And I also think like humor, laughing and all of that is a picture of Christ in A lot of times we think it's just so silly. We can't get over that God would have a sense of humor that he would laugh and sing and dance. And, you know, but it's all over the Bible. You know, he had people, David was dancing. He loves music. He loves creative, you know, he, he is just the creator of words. He loves wittiness. He, I mean, I think he laughs and how good is it? Laughter is so good for the soul. So I think it's just a different avenue. And I used to not lean into that because of what you said. Like I wanted people to take me seriously. And so I would be serious Sally because I wanted people to really think I was spiritual. And I was, I I thought it had to look a certain way. Hmm. Maybe one key, one of a million keys to being taken seriously is taking God seriously about who he's made us to be, you know? Right. So good. I resonate with that too. I, I really struggle with the idea that people don't take me seriously or they, they, that they think I'm fluffy or silly or not very smart. Those are all lies the enemy comes at me with. But it's interesting, like part of one thing that I've uncovered about who God's made me to be is that I'm a coach. Like I'm such a coach and yeah. I want to get in women's faces and say like, this is what he made you for. You can do this. And that is actually not light or fluffy. So I've just kind of had to let go. Like, however that's perceived online, in my real life, whatever, I don't care. I, I have to take seriously this call that he's given me. And I'm just, I'm just mm-hmm. blessed because I see you doing that. And it's a blessing. And people say, it's, it's, you're a leader. You lead so well online. I know you lead a team of women. I want you to talk about that. But you shift the atmosphere of, of people online and the Lord does that through you. And I'm so thankful. It's been really beautiful to watch. That's so nice. If you could just say that to me every morning when I wake up, I mean, I need, thank you. It's going to be like my alarm clock. You are a leader. And I'll put like Zen music in the background. Great. Awesome. Good, good, good. Okay. Tell us what you do. What does being on mission right now look like for you? Because I would assume this isn't what you pictured it would look like. Yeah, that's a big LOL. I told God a couple of things, you know, as I was mapping out my laugh, my life plan. I said laugh plan, which is true. Um, <laughs> you make a plan. <laughs> the Lord is like, that's a great laugh plan. You know, I said, I will never do network marketing. I will never sell a product. I'm too good for that. And, you know, I'll just be my authentic me doing whatever. And I think God was like, I'm going to use something that you said you would never use to do something you never thought I could do in your life and to make these passions and dreams that I put in your heart come true. And I'm going to use something just from out of outer space. And it was really just shocking and hilarious how much I loved it. I thought it was too good to be true. I mean, the business model fits my brain and my personality so well. I get to lead And it's kind of like when we were doing blogging a long time ago, no one's your boss telling you like, you have to write this certain way. You have to say these certain things and it's going to be graded at the end of the day. Blogging is where I kind of found my voice and I inched my way into finding my personal niche space in that 
market. And I feel like this business is kind of the same way. It allowed me to lead a team a way I like to lead and with the gift sets God's given me and just to watch God honor that and bless that in obedience. Also, you know, my platform is pretty, I mean, I talk about God a lot in as leading these women in business, these people don't all believe in God. Hmm. So it's been a challenge. You know, I still am called to lead with integrity. I'm called to lead in very different ways, but it's been a challenge also, you know, how do you lead in a space that is not all about God and people don't believe like you do. Where is your base? I usually have a base where I can say, well, you know, this is true about God. So, and it's had to be more like, I know this is true about God. So this is how I can lead and love other people. So that's been really exciting. I have been on a sprint pace in my business for probably three years. And now I'm entering into a season of rest and that feels strange (laughs) to me. So God has said that was a season. That's what I wanted you to do. And it was a blessed time. Like I learned so much. I hustled really hard. And I know people like to fight against that word a lot as believers, but that was a season for me where I did hustle a lot. I was sprinting. I was running on purpose and it served me really well. And then God has now called me into a season of rest. And that's been an interesting pivot. I don't know how to do it. And it's a new habit I have to create with God's help and believe that he's going to take care of me while I'm resting and my business continues on. So that's what season I'm in right now. You're probably like, let's talk about work. And I'm like, I'm moving right into the rest season and I I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I feel about the hustle, the rest, whatever, whatever he's called you to. For me, it all comes back to Philippians 3. I press on to take hold of that which has been taken hold of for me and Mm -hmm. and rest has been taken hold of for us and also work has been taken I mean so we get it we press in no matter what I I vote we take it too far no matter what season he's right so absolutely did you see the season of rest coming did God give you like warning about it what did that look like (laughs) yeah I think he's been asking me to rest for a little bit and I kind of refused so I think when you you know better than God. And he asks you to do something. He's usually just so gentle Mm. and just so persistent. And I think that's what gets me every time, you know, I'm very stubborn, but if someone's going to stay on me about something and be really persistent, I am going to generally, you know, honor that. So he was just gentle in the way that like, Hey, I want you to slow down. Hey, I want you to slow down. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. In a minute. I'll do it in a minute. Yeah. And it finally just got to the point where I was sick of myself. I was sick of the high energy, high hype sprinting all the time. We're not made to sprint all the time. And I was just tired. I was tired of everything. And that's because I refused to rest. I did not take good chunks of time to rest. And some of that's probably sin. And some of that is seasonal. I was sprinting. I felt called to do it. And then when asked to pivot, like that was obedience for a time over here. Mm -hmm. And then God said, now that's not obedience. We're going to pivot and now we're going to rest. You know, it's interesting how God flips the coin on us. And just as you settle and get comfortable, he is like, okay, so now, thank you. That was great. That was really obedient. Let's move on to the opposite now. Be like, but you said for, you said I was supposed to sprint, you know, and I, and he's like, yeah, that was cool. Good job. Now we're moving on learning to pivot with God and be obedient in that 
not so much of a struggle once he was super clear about it. I was like, okay, I'm tired too. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'm leaning into kind of like fruits of my labor and, and still finding a way to lead while I'm resting. That's going to be a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Because you will, I mean, you will, you'll stay united to your people. I know God will do that. I want to pause right here because I know so often this is where women are like, well, he doesn't work for me like that, or I don't know how to hear from him like that. And I just want to pause and say, and Jamie, you speak into this as well, but he does work for you like that. Mm. <laughs> he does mm-hmm. work for you like that. He will speak very clearly to you. I believe that humility plus proximity plus obedience really equals abundance for us. When we, right. when we say like, I believe God will give me wisdom. I believe he will give me insight. I'm going to get close to him. That's the proximity. I'm going to get yes. close to him so that I can hear him. I'm going to spend time with him. I'm going to ask him questions. I'm going to go on walks with him. I'm going to look in God's word. And then I'm going to obey what I think he's saying, as long as it's in, in line with God's word. Yeah. And what I know to be true of his character, he, he will work for you like that. He does work for you like that. Yes. Yes. Speak into that. Any, like any thoughts there for women who would say like, Oh, I don't, I don't know how to hear from him like that. I think there's a phrase argue for your limitations and you get to keep them. And yeah, isn't that so good? I like think about it so much because I tend to want to, my dad's an attorney. I want to argue about a rock in the wrong place in the yard. Um, like I can argue about anything for funsies and people are not blessed by that, by the way. Um, (laughs) that's just a life tip side note, but argue for your limitations and you get to keep them. I think your mind does take note and believe what you're telling it. And if you are saying, I don't hear from God, guess what you get? I don't hear from God. Mm. You're right. Proximity in God's word. If you are reading God's word, you are hearing from God. And I would say, change your language. When you're reading God's word, you are hearing from God. That is his word to you today. And it's not an accident. I would also say in that parable of the talents in the Bible, where God gives everyone according to their faith, some he gives a lot, some he gives a little, whatever it is, he expects you to do something with it. And at the end of it, which is just like, I think about it, it's haunting. At the end, the person with the talent who buried it in the ground says, well, I knew you were kind of a hard God. You were kind of rough. You... You know, it's like us. Oh, you're kind of quiet. You don't really talk to me. I knew you were kind of just the severe God. And so I didn't do anything with it because I was afraid of you. And he says, I don't know you. And that is because he says, go away from me. I don't know you. That is because you aren't thinking rightly about God. Yeah. And for someone to say you're severe, God, you don't know me. You, you don't talk to me. You're not with me. That is not faith. I would encourage you to get in God's word, ask God for wisdom. He says he will always give wisdom. That is a promise if you ask for it and believe. And that's the faith piece, asking God for something and believing that he is good and he is not severe and he sees you and he wants to give it to you. It's so important every single day to believe that about God. And I I just think it, it does, it boils down to your beliefs and and what you believe about God. If you don't think you're going to hear from him that day, he will honor that expectation and you might not hear from him that day. I mean, and there are times when he's like, too bad you know, you're hearing from me <laughs> breaks through and is like, yeah, I'm still going to have to talk to you today, <laughs> but yeah. whatever. Well, I love the, I love that quote. I also love the Charles Spurgeon quote 
that says you don't always get what you want. You always get what you expect. And I would say the same Mm. is true for hearing from God, that even if, even if he's talking to you and giving you wisdom and giving you insight about your life, about your season, about your relationships, you may believe so wholeheartedly that you don't hear from him, that you'll call it something else. Mm-hmm. And at the end of my day, you know, when I get to heaven, I, I think that I may get there and he may say like, sister, you gave me credit for a lot of stuff that I didn't say, but I would so much rather him say like, girl, you are crazy. You thought I told you to eat waffles. And like, I never said that. <laughs> then I'd so much rather him be like, well, you gave me too much credit for too many things. Right. Get up there and him be like, I was talking to you the whole time. I was right. talking to you the whole time. And also at the end of the day, like any good idea I have is him. So I'm either saying right. like God told me this or I'm saying I thought of the smart thing. So a lot of right. times I'll tell people like, you know, I feel like God sent me to this passage or he reminded me of the scripture. And they'll say like, how can you say it's him? How can you say it's God? And I'm like, well, if it's anything good in me, me on my own thinks about bagels pretty much. Right. Bagels yes. and naps. And sometimes I think God in me talks to me about bagels and naps. God talks to me at anthropology. I'm just yeah. saying sometimes I have to go there on his note. But at the end of the day, if it's good at all, yeah, I would rather give him credit than, than get up there and him say, like, the whole time, the whole time I was talking to you. Right. It's something that you have to fight for. And I don't know, you know, I can't speak to other people's experiences. I know that when I am shrouded in sin and the heaviness and the weight of the world and the burdens of the world, I have a hard time hearing God. Mm -hmm. And I just hear myself. And that makes for a really interesting, sinful, excessive experience. Just as far as my personality goes, I'm Enneagram 7. Like, I'm like, all the things, all the time, this will fill me up. So when I'm on my own, I can look at my behaviors and know when I'm not hearing from the Lord. Because I act in a specific way according to my personality, my leanings on my own. So I know when I'm not close to the Lord. And expecting to hear from God when I am refusing to give up sin in my life or refusing to be obedient. That's, it's, it's tough to hear those whispers because the world is so loud. Hey friends, we're going to break right here for a second. And I wanted to share something quickly with you. A theme for me this year I sense God taking me back to Psalm 18 and this idea that he has brought me out to a spacious place. And I want to live under the belief that he's brought me out to a spacious place. One thing I love about our partnership with West Rock Coffee is that they want to provide a spacious place for their coffee growers. They want them to feel encouraged. They want them to feel equipped. They want them to be given the tools they need to live abundantly and also to do their jobs unto the glory of God and change the world while they're at it. West Rock Coffee believes in people and not just the drive to survive, but to live with dignity and to achieve greatness and to experience abundance right where they are. You've heard me talk about West Rock, how I love how they partner with individual farmers and what they're doing in the world. But I just wanted to put that on the table today that I think part of living a spacious life for me, part of living a life where I believe God can move and can do things and can grow and can shift me is partnering with companies where I see the leaders of those companies doing the same thing and not just for themselves, but for their employees and for their customers as well. That's why I love West Rock, because they are about abundance. They are about providing great opportunities, and they are down to change the world one cup of coffee at a time. 
You can get West Rock Coffee on my favorite place, Amazon.com. this season a mission first of all can you tell us how many women are you leading right now because it seems like a lot but I don't always understand the world of (laughs) yeah it is strange I have several businesses and so one of them is mentoring women who aren't even in my direct business Mm. so that's like you know a side business so that might be a couple thousand women and then in my business my customer base is probably about 14,000 people so I serve that many customers, but leaders in that maybe is a thousand of the ones who are kind of running and want to, to do the business, maybe a little bit more than that. So, and then, you know, online presence, I don't know. And I lead there influence leadership. I am not a numbers person, so it's hard for me to like think in that way. I just think, how can I show up today? The gifts that I've been given and the voice in my heart and people into a deeper relationship with Christ, even if it's through humor and entertainment, like how can I show women that you do not need to be like a sad Sally all the time. And you can go to target and shop and show people what you think about the products and make fun of them all day. But there's different ways that I lead in the numbers. I don't know. It feels like too much sometimes. And then sometimes it doesn't feel like anything. So whatever. I don't know. It's a strange world I live in. Okay, what do you do when it feels like too much? And then I'm going to ask you what you do when it feels like too little. I think when it feels like too much, I can go into a couple different directions. One is escapism, which I'm really good at. If I just have more fun and more things and more experiences, I will be okay. So I sometimes move into that excessively Mm -hmm. just to avoid my responsibilities Because sometimes, like, if I feel too constricted, I'm out, which is Enneagram 7. I don't know if you guys are Enneagram nuts like I am, but... We are Enneagram nuts. It's literally like... So I... I Oh, my gosh. You know. It's like the answers are in the back of the book. It reads your journal, and it tells you when you're acting unhealthy and when you're acting healthy. So I can move excessively into those ways. I also think, weirdly, when I'm healthier and happier, I still have those experiences and those things that bring me joy, but it has a lot more boundaries on it and restrictions as far as being healthy. Like right now I'm doing Whole30, which is just such a blessing for me because it clears my brain, which I long for so much. And my personality, I'm a, it's all head, mm-hmm. which is sad. I'm like, where's my heart? <laughs> You know, I'm so up in my brain all the time that to have a clear brain blesses me so much. Like the ideas, the creativity, my time with the Lord. So the thing that I fought so hard, which is I fight boundaries, restrictions, feeling squelched and trapped. But the thing that helps me come alive is the boundaries are the restrictions is the pulling back Mm -hmm. in seasons it gives me life. So I'm just learning new things about God through a diet and through food. And I don't necessarily care. Like weight is whatever. I, that's not very motivating for me, but having a clear brain, being able to be creative and use my brain like God intended is extremely motivating for me. So I want to make permanent changes and I also want to give myself a lot of freedom. I have not figured it out yet, but I do know that pulling back for a season has been really good for my heart. Mm. 
So good. I love that. What tools, tips, tricks, are there small things, are there big things that God has handed you in the season of increased leadership that have just helped you do what you do better? Yeah, I think I'm such on like a mission right now about this. Like it is just on my heart so heavy. In the world today, it is just too easy to look around and see what everybody else is doing literally by the minute. Mm-hmm. It's so much for your eyeballs. Now, not to say that God didn't make a plan for this. He knew this was coming. So like, don't be afraid of it, but be observant, be reflective that you can look around at any time and see what anybody's doing. And our temptation is comparison, obviously, but also to say like, they are successful in that way. So I'm going to do what they're doing and do it the way they're doing it because they seem to be successful in this way. And what it is starting to do is create like really vanilla spaces out there where everything kind of looks the same. There's no personality to it. We've all kind of like molded into this one size fits all because this is what's successful. And I think it's kind of drawing us inward and not helping us lean into those giftings and those unique things, the weirdness about us that God put in there to help us fly. Like I said earlier, like when I started just saying like, okay, you know what? That is not me. I tried that on. I tried the way she did it. I tried it on. It was literally miserable. Hmm. It was actually awful. And my business kind of went not, not backwards, but it was stagnant. Couldn't figure it out. And I was being silly one day and I did this video where I was dancing with my leaves cleaner or something like a product. And because I love dancing, like anytime you come over, you'll hear probably some gangster rap that needs to be curated a little bit better because of the cuss words. But, you know, you'll hear a lot of music. You'll see me dancing. If I need an energy boost, you're going to see this. And I just was silly. I did this montage. I put it online and it went crazy. And I felt like that was God, not about popularity, but God being like, that is you. I made you like this. No one else can do this. No one else can do it like you. And I'm going to use your humor and your energy to grow this business and to grow what I've asked you to do. Yeah. And I felt like once I started leaning into that, man, it was unstoppable. And I was a lot happier and freer, if that's a word, to pursue God in how I was living. But, you know, it's hard to see someone living authentically and being obedient in their faith and not be extremely attracted to that. Yeah. And that's what I try to encourage people. You can look around and try on everybody. And there's so much copycat out there. I mean, you know, as like an artist and you've put things out there and someone like takes it and does the same thing and then sells it just like you. And you're like, okay, that's offensive. But (laughs) no one can be like you and no one can take the authentic stuff about you out of you. But we've dumbed ourselves down, really, I think. So right now I'm kind of in the season where I'm encouraging women to find the road back to themselves, not as far as like Enneagram, because there's the road back to you, that book, which read, it's great, but we've gotten lost along the way. Yeah. And I do a lot of things where I guide women back to, I call them breadcrumbs of like, God has left you breadcrumbs all through your life. The things that bring you life, the things that bring you joy, the things that are so easy for you and everyone else thinks they're difficult. You know, we do this whole map and you have like these 12 keywords after, you know, I'm asking all these questions about your childhood and about now. And I I just love it to see women lighting up again and saying like, oh, that wasn't just an experience. That was a breadcrumb that God gave me, leading me 
to my true authentic self that he put in there. And I've gotten lost along the way. So I'm like, Hey, look, let's look at God's breadcrumbs to you. Mm, That's incredible. Where can women find out more about that? Where can they, if they're like, Hey, I want to do that. Where can they find out about it? Well, it's just stuff I'm thinking on right now and stuff that I do for my leadership group, but I'm hoping to put something out there pretty soon where I can kind of guide you through that. I think it's so important, but you can do this on your own. I mean, I'm on Instagram, obviously, but I don't blog anymore. Don't tell anyone. (laughs) Instagram is so much easier and I love it, but you can do this. It's personal development is what people call it. And I think it's just paying attention. Yeah. I think pay attention to what God has put in your life. And I'll tell you my favorite question of the whole thing. And this might help you is the 10 year old you, when you were 10 years old, what did you just love doing? What could I find you doing? If we like took a time machine back and we looked at how you were living your life and what brought you so much joy. I think we forget about our little us And, you know, I was at 10 years old going through my neighbor's yards and curating these rocks and I would sell them back to them. (laughs) I would curate these collections then I would go door to door. I was poor. We were on welfare. Like I would go door to door and sell people these rocks that I curated that were from their own yard, possibly, which is, I don't know. And they also had dementia. It was a really niche market. Sell people things back to them that they already have. And you steal the retirement. It's really exciting. Um, no, <laughs> but the old ladies love me just looking at that is what I was doing. And if you look at what I'm doing now, I sell things that I'm passionate about that I yeah. curate, that I think about and that I'm love and think bring value to people's lives. People say like, it's, it's inside of you. Everything you need is already inside of you. I happen to think that I needed a savior outside of me to fulfill me. But I do think God put things inside of you that have been there and that you've ignored and thought that's not special or cool. And who at 10 years old thinks selling is the best thing ever. So I'm not ashamed about that. I sell things that I'm really passionate about that I think bring value to people's lives. But I was doing that at age 10. So looking back and seeing that as a breadcrumb and a gift instead of slapping God's hand away and saying like, no, that's not important. I think your wounds do that for you too. I think your suffering is also can be a catapult for you too. I think God uses all things for good. So looking back on your experiences and being reflective, someone said like experience is not the greatest teacher. You know how people say, well, experience is the greatest teacher. And someone said, actually, it's reflecting on those experiences that is the greatest teacher. That's right. And those things are in you that you've loved and look at them as gifts and not things to push away, push down, push out. Think about how God put that in you to lead you to where you are today or a way to get back to that true self. You know, God's not a liar. He's going to work everything for good. So I think on God's character as it relates to my past and those breadcrumbs that he's brought me this far. And I think that's kind of where I'm at right now is me figuring out who I am and heaven forbid, I just sit in that and learn it for myself. I have to (laughs) bring it to other people and say like, you guys, your unique you is exciting and amazing. And no one in the world can copy that. And we need you to show up for God's glory. Yeah. Because that's who he's made you to be, too, is to, like, be a teacher and be a leader. And I'm so thankful. Hey, thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm very in awe of the Lord in you and really grateful other women get to hear what he's doing in you. 
Thank you for having me on. I'm sorry I wasn't hilarious, but when you get on, if you get me talking about super spiritual things, I'm either going to cry or we're going to laugh together. And I never know what the avenue is going to go. And so if you want to see hilarious things, you have to go watch those in stories. I don't, I, you know, because they're really funny. (laughs) There are some times where I'm genuinely like waking my husband up in the middle of the night because I'm watching them and shaking the whole bed in laughter. So just prepare your hearts. But thank you. Yeah. We're so grateful for you. Thanks, friend. 